Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. We're in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 14 through 18. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Liz, thanks for doing our reading. Jackson, thanks for doing our announcements. Jackson uh, flew all the way from the mainland to be here this morning to do our announcements. While he was here, he had Christmas with his family, you know, but uh, Jackson, so good to see you. Welcome back, yeah. And McKenna, too, singing, good to have her back from school. Um, and those of you who have come back from school, we're, we're glad you're here, welcome. And those who are coming back from other places, we're glad you're here and visiting, welcome. Well, we have a, a special guest today. He's, he's part of our church, and as you might be aware, we at times have a number of military chaplains who actually attend our church because in the chaplaincy in the military, often your, your Sunday, oddly enough, is free because you do your ministry during the week with the troops and the sailors and things like that. And today we have Ian McCarthy, and he's an ordained Episcopal minister who's also a chaplain in the Navy. And I was thinking about that. That's significant to me because my parents were married in Hawaii at Barber's Point by a Navy chaplain who happened to be ordained Episcopalian. So... Uh, it wasn't Ian, by the way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, but Ian's married to Nikki, his wife, and they have four beautiful children, Samuel, James, Asher, and Lydia, if I remember correctly, and he'll tell you their ages and more about them. But Ian, come on up. We're, we're really glad to have you uh, sharing the word with us and, and glad you could be here. And I have a secret handshake today because I got a brace on. It's this. So <laughs> welcome. Thank you glad very much, Pastor. You yeah. Thank you. And, uh, Ian, before you speak, I, I did forget one thing. Just stay up here. But we do want to honor our sister, Bernie Schultz. Um, Bernie went to be with the Lord. She had moved to the mainland to be with family. She contracted COVID, and uh, she's now with the Lord Jesus and completely healed and want to keep her in mind and her family in mind. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing, uh, our faith, because there, there's sadness of seeing Bernie go, but there's joy in knowing where she is. She's completely healed, mm -hmm. and we'll get to see her again. And you might recognize Bernie. There she is holding uh, one of Pete and Liz's babies, and she was often holding the babies, often working in the nursery, often teaching Sunday school in our church, and playing the, uh, the keyboard for us. Mm -hmm. 
And so I want to... Um, I want to take a moment to pray for her, and Ian, you can stay here and, and pray with us too, but let, let's just pray. Lord, we, we want to thank you for a life like Bernie's. Um, Lord, she has finished well to the very end. She was devoted to you and loving others, and we're so grateful for her life, and we thank you, Lord, that um, she's in your presence, Lord. She's never been happier. She's never been more healthy. Lord, we just are so grateful for her, and Lord, we ask your blessing on her and your blessing upon her family members left behind and family members who are still battling COVID in a very serious situation. We pray that you'd minister your, your touch on them, Lord, we pray. And Lord, with Ian here, I just thank you that he could be here today to open your word. I pray that you would speak through him to us, that you would bless him because of his ministry. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Ian, may the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, good morning once again. Um, I'm always struck at this service how when the kids go out, how it's like the tide has gone out completely. There's like bare bones left in here, but then, but then the moms and dads come back, and now we have a full church again. And then when the kids come back, there's like no chairs for them. That's great. <laughs> have to sit on laps. Um, as uh, Pastor Perry mentioned, um, my wife Nikki and I, we have four kids, and we're all wearing the same outfit today, so you can recognize us. Um, these are actually our Christmas Eve outfits uh, from two years ago. Um, we tried to come here for Christmas Eve service, and it, did, it just didn't work out. I think we drove, drove past, like, after the service had already started, and we, we decided to, you know, just bail out. Um, so we were determined to, to get here for Christmas Eve uh, this year. We're going to do it. You know, it's, it's going to be great. Two kids fell asleep. We're like, let's just let's let them sleep. <laughs> so it's a blessing and uh, a little bit of a crutch having a church available online because we were with you online. So hello to the those watching on Facebook. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we decided to wear these today. And uh, Lydia is a year older, and uh, she's almost bursting out of her little dress, which is, which is funny. But... Uh, yeah. So our kids are nine, seven, five, and two, and they have lots and lots of energy. Uh, they make lots and lots of noises and smells and things, and um, we're so grateful for this church and for this congregation and just the friendships we've made here and the, the place to call home. Uh, I just recently came back from a six-month deployment with my infantry battalion. Um, uh, beginning of December, I got back. We were in Okinawa, and I was so glad to know that my, my family would be, you know, part of this community while I was away. I wish I'd, I could say that I watched every service while I was there, but, but I didn't. <laughs> so, but I was with you in spirit, nonetheless. So this is uh, Christmas. You know, it's our Christmas season where uh, we can legitimately say Merry Christmas, even still, uh, all the way up through until Epiphany, which is on uh, January 6th. Um, and we, every year, we tell the same story, don't we? We talk about, you know, the, the familiar scene. We've got it over there on the, on the red table with the, the, the shepherds and the angels and the, sometimes the wise men are there and uh, Mary and Joseph and no room at the end and the, the, the pilgrimage to, to Bethlehem. The story is very familiar, isn't it? I mean, we, we know the story, right? We, we don't reread it and retell the story uh, to know what it says. 
we're not making new discoveries about, oh, there was a shepherd. Oh, yeah. You, know, it's, you, know, you hear that the first time. Maybe when you're a child or when you're a new believer or you watch the, the Peanuts Christmas special on TV or, or what, whatever it is. But yet, it's important that we retell the story, and we tell it every year. Because as we go through life, the story doesn't change, but we change in the way we approach the story. And the things that God speaks to us through His living Word, uh, which is the Christmas narrative, it's His living Word, um, and the way it sort of reads us in a way. It's kind of a sort of metaphysical way of, of saying it, but um, I know that in my life, you know, I'm 44 years old. Uh, I remember hearing the story probably about the time I was four and, you know, hearing it ever, ever since. My life is a lot different now than it was when I was a kid. My life is different now than it was 10 years ago. Um, and so as I reapproach this very familiar story, new things come to life and new things, new truths and new things that the Holy Spirit is teaching me. And Nikki and I were just talking yesterday or the day before about this, about how our kids are all born in the fall. They're September, October, November, December babies. Um, and so for about nine, ten years now, well, nine years, because Samuel's nine, every year we have had a baby at Christmas, either a newborn or a one-year-old. Um, and we don't have that anymore because our youngest is two. And we're kind of like, where's, where's the baby? You know, it's just it's like feeling like something's missing, or at least from our life experience. We don't, didn't have that little child to hold. And um, I know that when, when we have had small children, very small children in our home, it's, it's a reminder of, of what Mary must have felt when she held Jesus for the first time or what Joseph must have felt when he was changing all those diapers um, within the Holy Family, which I'm sure he did. Um, or what the, the shepherds thought when they, when they marveled at, at God coming to be with us in the form of a, of a small baby. But now our kids are getting older and will continue to get older, God willing, and, and our, the lessons are a little bit different um, and a little bit fresher and, and new in different ways. So I wanted to focus today about the concept and the, the theological truth that is God with us. What does it mean that God came and lived amongst us? Um, our reading today even said that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. He lived with us. This is, in Hebrew, Emmanuel, God with us. You've probably heard that before. You know, we've got the, the Advent carol, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And every year at Christmas, in the Incarnation, we celebrate that God came and dwelt amongst us and continues to live amongst us through his Holy Spirit. But he came in the flesh. The word became flesh. What does that mean, that he came in the flesh? And why is that so important? Um, some, a great teacher, I can't remember who it was, taught me that in, in the, the prelude to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, this is the pivotal verse. This is the one where everything changes. Um, all the stuff before this about, you know, the beginning was the word and, and there was light and darkness. Um, you know, it's all, it's all good stuff, but it's when, verse 14, when the word becomes flesh that everything changes. And this was God's plan for all time. You know, it wasn't, uh, this isn't plan B. This isn't him changing his mind to, to rescue humanity by sending his son. No, this was, this was the first plan and this was the plan from the dawn of creation which is why we see prophecies about Jesus from 
you know, ages and ages before, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years about the Christ child coming, the Messiah coming, the root from the, the, the branch of Jesse's tree um, in the house of David, being born in Bethlehem. All the, all the symbology and all the, the things that we see in the Christmas narrative were all foretold. And that's another part of the reason why we retell the story, because it's not, it's not just some good idea that someone wrote down. It was God's idea that he, he was writing throughout the ages, and then finally, on that day, it came to pass. But verse 14, the word becomes flesh and dwelts among us. The way I read that is that Jesus was a human, very much like you and me. He experienced all the things that we experience. Now, his life was different. Uh, he was also fully God, but he was fully man. He was fully human. And so he felt what it felt like to be born in that stable. Uh, he felt what it felt like to be loved by a mother and a father and to be cared for in a family. He felt the heat of the, um, of the you know, the weather that they're in Bethlehem as well as in Nazareth. Um, he took a trip to Egypt. Um, and you know, Jesus lived a life like you and I live a life. He was the word become flesh. He was incarnate. That word, you know, if you've ever had you know, carne asada or chili con carne, you know that the word carne is that flesh, meat. So that's a little, little weird to think about that, right? But, but to, have, to have a body, to have muscle and, and tissue and sinew and, and all the different things that make up our bodies, that's what this verse is talking about. So to be fully human meant that he experienced many of the same things that we experience. You know, in, in, in our family, in our home, we have, you know, several flesh creatures running around all the time. Um, they are making noises and, and making smells, as I, as I mentioned. Um, you know, they have dirty diapers that need to be changed, and sometimes they get sick, and things come out of different parts of them that, that are, you know, not, not unbecoming. But I know that uh, when I got back from my deployment, uh, my two littlest ones, Lydia and Asher, all they wanted to do was to hold Daddy. They, you know, Lydia comes up to me and says, Daddy, hold you, hold you, with these big eyes, and of course, you, know, you pick her up, and then everything is fine, Right? Uh, but they wanted to touch, to touch the flesh, right? To, to, be, to know that Daddy was here, that he was back. Um, you know, talking on these things, yeah, it's nice, but it's, it's not very nice for, for kids especially. Um, you know, even my older ones would say, hey, hey, Daddy, and then go play Legos or, or what have you. Um, and I would think, oh, no, they don't want to talk to me. Right? Is there something wrong? No, it's just, it's just the, the media is not, not very good. Uh, what my older kids want to do is to hug and to wrestle and to, to, you know, to have that physical contact. But it's important, especially for, for little kids, to, to know that they are loved and, and they receive love tangibly. You know, especially you know, like our you know, auntie who has uh, gone on, loved to hold the babies, right? And, and I'm sure they love to be held by her. That's a, a simple way that we help even our youngest and most vulnerable people know that they're safe, that they're cared for, just think about all the things that are, that are communicated through that physical touch. Um, and my, my two littlest also became avid readers while I was away in, in the six months that I was gone. Uh, they, they're always coming up to me with books. They have, read books, you know, two books, three books. 
Um, but what they really want is to, to be held and, and to be in my lap reading those books, to have that, that really physical closeness. Uh, James is uh, also, you know, he's, I'm sure that, that Jesus had experiences like James has been having. He's been losing teeth like, like a shark. They're just kind of coming out. And just, I think he's lost five or six so far. Um, he went up for a long time without losing any teeth, but now just he's always looking like a snaggletooth. Um, Jesus lost his teeth, right? And he, and he got adult teeth. Probably didn't have an orthodontist, but he did have adult teeth. And then my son Samuel, I was just marveling at him yesterday at how physically capable he is. He is uh, not completely fearless, but he is willing to take a lot of risks with physical stuff. Um, he got a skateboard for, for Christmas. His younger brother did too, and went out to the skate park on Christmas Day, and man, it's like there's no fear, just no fear at all. <laughs> of course, he hasn't fallen yet, but he's doing a lot better than I, I'm sure I would if I was getting on a skateboard. Um, when we go to the playgrounds too, he you know, he's able to use his body to do things that I don't think the playground equipment was designed for, like being on the roof of the playground equipment, like where the birds usually perch, right? That's where he likes to be. Um, now, granted, these are playgrounds designed for small kids, but, but still, he's able to do that because, because of his flesh, because of his ability to use his body and to the skills and the, the growth that he has had over the years. Um, I was marveling, absolutely marveling, when I started watching uh, church on, online again and seeing Pastor Perry, who, you know, the last, last time I spoke to you, I think was around Easter, and, and uh, it was before the accident, and, and uh, I remember all the, the stories, of, you know, the, the, the word about how, how hit and miss things were and how, um, you know, we, he, we might not have had him with us anymore. But it is a testament to your flesh that you're able to heal and get better and get back up and able to get back here doing the thing what God has designed you to do. I'm so grateful for that and also for modern medicine, for, for the ability to, for the people who have taken care of you and, and, and so many others to, to get better. Um, my one son, uh, Asher, he's, he's five. Uh, he is a little bit different than, uh, than our other children. He's got Down syndrome which is a, a genetic uh, condition. Um, he's not sick. He doesn't have an illness, but he's just, his genes are a little bit different than ours. He has different chromosomes than, than we do. And with that comes uh, some developmental delays. Um, he still develops just like everybody else, but it's just on a different timeline. Uh, when he was born, he was really small and had really low muscle tone. And he was kind of a, like a floppy baby, you know, just like, almost like a rag doll. Um, uh, and our other kids were much bigger when they, when they came out. Yeah. But, but, uh, but he's, he's been doing great. I mean, he's been getting stronger and faster, and he can communicate so much more than he could even just six months ago. Uh, he's running and jumping, things that, that I didn't see before, before I left for Okinawa. Um, so these are all things that my children in our household, we've experienced with our bodies. Um, I'll spare some of the the, the grosser details of other things that I could talk about uh, with our bodies. But, but Jesus came in the flesh, and he came and he lived a human life. That is significant. Uh, it's significant for a number of reasons, but just, just one I'll share with you today. There was a, a church father, you know, a long, long, long time ago called Gregory of Nazianzus. Um, he lived in the, the fourth century, um, so his dates are 330 to 370, A.D. Um, he was a great thinker and teacher, 
And one of the things that he said about the incarnation of Jesus is that what God has not assumed, he has not healed. Or other people translate it, he has not redeemed. So it is important that we understand theologically that God came in the flesh. He, he took on flesh. He assumed human form. He assumed humanity. Because when he died and, and rose and ascended to heaven, he also redeemed humanity. And he offered that um, it's not just a spiritual practice to believe in Christ, it's also a physical practice. He died for our very bodies as well, not just our souls and our hearts, but our bodies too. Uh, the Christian hope is that death is not the end. Human frailty, sickness, disease, living in a world riddled with sin, this is not the, the plan that God has for us for all eternity. No, when Christ comes again, the dead will be raised. We'll be given restored bodies that are like Christ's resurrected body. And in those bodies, we will be able to enjoy him and praise him forever. So it's important that we understand why the incarnation happened and what it means for us today. What does it mean for us today? Well, it means that no matter where you are, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what is going on in your body, God is with you. Emmanuel, he is with us. He is with us, I believe, even right here in this very room. No matter what is going on and what challenges you might face in the future, whether you're you know, a, a private first class Marine in a, in a foxhole, you know, serving overseas somewhere or sitting on a base in Okinawa waiting for the, the, the flag to go up to, to spring into action, or whether you're you know, sitting in Honolulu or on the beach in Kailua, God is with us. And he will not leave us or forsake us because he came in the flesh and he cares for us. That's the good news of Christmas. And that's the gospel that we see and why heaven and nature are singing his praises when they get to witness the word becoming flesh. Now I'll close with just this one uh, little pet peeve I have about Christmas time. Christmas time, and one of the best things about Christmas, you might be thinking eggnog. I understand that's a divisive uh, issue. But it's the music, right? The music, we, we hear the same music, you know, from our childhood to now and to, you know, whether it's Mariah Carey singing it or, you know, other groups and, uh, or you're hearing it in church. Well, I remember the same songs being sung, sung as Christmas carols in hymnals because I, I grew up in a, an Episcopal church and we, we sang out of hymnals or we put the words up on the screen. But how many verses do hymns usually have? Well, it's, it's more than one. You know, a lot of them are five, some of them are four. But almost all of them are more than one, one verse. On the radio, we're lucky if we get the full first verse without you know, getting changed. But, but the tune is the same, right? Well, the thing that, that I always encourage people to do at Christmas time is to look at the second verse of those favorite Christmas hymns, the Christmas carols. Uh, remember that, yes, Silent Night, Holy Night, but remember the second and third verses because they're important too. And there's some great theology found in, inside of them. My, I'm going to read you the second and third verses of my favorite hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I'll close with this. But also check out some other ones, you know, like um, O Holy Night. That's a, that's a great one. Uh, it's really hard to sing, so people usually finish after the first verse. But you know, look, at, look at verses 2 and 3. They're, they're definitely worth taking a look at. <clears throat> so 
the theology here is, and the reason I read this, is that it deals with the incarnation. Um, it's not just the, the beautiful manger scene, but it's also the theo- theological significance of what took place that Christmas night. And these words were written by Charles Wesley. So Christ, by he- highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. And then the next verse talks about why that's so important. We hail the heavenly prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born no more, that that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So we rejoice that God came in a bod. We rejoice that Jesus came and lived amongst us. We rejoice that he did not shy away from the cross, that he went to the cross and gave his life, and by his stripes we are healed. And we also rejoice he is no longer in the manger, he is no longer in the grave, He's no longer even walking on the earth, so he can only be with a defined number of people at any given time. No, he's here with us, here with us. Let's remember that this Christmas season. Would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus, we we worship and glorify you today. Thank you for coming and living amongst us, for showing us your perfect life for winning, winning for us eternal life and eternal life with you. Lord, teach us the mysteries of your incarnation. Teach us what it means to have Emmanuel, God, with us. Lord, give us an awareness of your presence and help us to share that with others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.